Episode 233 of Up for Discussion, the emotionally honest comedy podcast where we take your questions and dish out hot treats and tasty goofs. I'm Tom Zalatni. I'm Adrian Schoen. I'm Akeem Hoichos. Uh, before we start the show, we'd like to take a moment to acknowledge that the studio where we record is situated within the traditional unsurrendered territories of the Ganyagahaga First Nations people. Yeah, as settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. So I want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and the indigenous communities of that area pay homage yeah think about it think about it i, I was at mcgill uh yesterday did we you were, recite that what did you recite that entire thing when you were there yeah <laughs> just <laughs> Actually, uh, strangers <laughs> like, stood, stood there on right. campus we'd like to no. um but i uh so there's a statue they have of james mcgill like just as you pass the gates on your way into the campus and uh right now there's so much construction going on that they wanted to protect it so it's just inside an enormous box like they just built a huge wooden box around it. Are you it. serious? Yeah and uh, I kind of think it's better that way. <laughs> I, just, I just leave it that way. Leave that might box. be the perfect solution I know we've talked about just like problematic statues but like just box them up so you know that they were there. Is but it like, problematic? I mean. What's problematic about them? I am pretty sure he was a like colonizer are we just assuming that <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> i don't know you if must. that's true but like i don't know that it's not so <laughs> it's probably true google yeah i'm not gonna defend him but also we might be going overboard on like accusations <laughs> <laughs> most of history has proven out that everybody's an asshole <laughs> Imagine okay. doing it, find, coming like that coming about, and then you like have to change the name of the school. That'd be, yeah, that'd be uh, wild. Insane. Yeah, insane. What would you change the name to? If I had to change, it, use your mic, man. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what would you, have to you, what would you change the name to? What would you change? <laughs> um, what would I? Oh man, if I had to change Miguel. Okay, well, I think I'd maybe just change it to the name of like whatever prominent street is closest to it. So <laughs> maybe two corners. <laughs> yeah. De, Ma- <laughs> you, De Mason of Sherbrooke <laughs> University. It's so lame. That? Yeah. At least name it for whatever it is that he fucked up. Right? The worst part, the worst part about it is that the, that's that's the, uh, the campus runs hits like four different cross streets. It's a yeah, long name. True. Oh, 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 that's fun. Okay, you take the square of road names. That like wrap around the campus. Is this like, your porn name? Partners? Yeah. <laughs> McGill's porn name is. You take the street that it's situated on. You combine it with the two other streets. And that whatever it color on. you see most kids wearing. <laughs> that's what this is. And then the name of the crime he committed. <laughs> wow. Oh man. What I was realizing while making that joke is that no matter what street name you would rename it to, it probably would also still be after some white dude who <laughs> came up around about. <laughs> oh, and that's part of the problem. You laugh through the pain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> man, it, it's going to take a real long time if we put disclaimers on everything. Oh, I don't man. know what our future is going to look like. But, but that's where we're leading towards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. Like, I I don't want to say like it's a, an admirable thing to do, but at some point we gotta have a little bit of a time. Yes, condensing. We, yes, <laughs> we need to like actually. Okay, is this really that bad? <laughs> like, is it that bad? Atrocities gamble. <laughs> but I mean, like, come on, like, it, like we're good, kind of. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's it, right? There, there's, there's like. You know, there's there's things that are worse and there's things that are less bad. But there's also like things that are real bad. Yeah. But people that did really good things. <laughs> Is it a bad thing if people are, if there was good intentions behind it? Ooh. Oh. Yeah. I don't so know. like for example, like he like may have or have not done those things, but they like educate millions of people. So it's like, do we? Like, can we just keep it as is? Because the McGill University name is world renowned. Like, you have a degree from McGill, like you're almost mm. getting a job anywhere. Yeah, sure. In the world, right? It's yeah. your like net outcome of good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because like, oh, so the, the woman who created the modern adoption, um, uh, like format or like template for the United States, um, she was um, a lesbian Oof. in a time in which that was not. Uh, and she she made sure like that because basically the mortality rate for infants was like a hundred percent, and the system that they were under, right? And like nobody really knew what to do with babies, so she created uh, that they didn't want. Yeah, basically she created modern adoption. Hmm. However, she was also kind of a child molester, and oh. uh, she stole babies from poor people and gave them to rich ones. So like, where did she come out? <laughs> I mean, the molestation, <laughs> I get it. That's a bit extreme. Yeah. But, like, to great. take poor babies, like, did they? Did the poor people want the babies? Uh, no, she was she was taking them from people who did not choose to give them up. That's like a reverse Robin Hood, but with right? babies. She was just stealing babies and going, <laughs> and like... giving them to rich people? I is bitter. That's crazy. To meet the Shit. demand. That's not okay. It's and not time great. out. The state still uses her business model? Well, just the the idea of like an adoption agency. <laughs> they was, still steal babies from right, well, like, the rich. Yeah, they still use like we like that idea. We don't like everything she was doing with it, <laughs> yeah. but the concept is good. If we just that mm. seems to be like the theme. The so, lucky bit is that we were not building statues to women at that time. True. So she never got anything named after. She got no monuments. <laughs> so we've just forgotten her. Is she dead? Oh yeah, she's. This was like 1908. Oh, this yeah. has been a minute. Yeah, I, yeah. I, that year was probably wrong, but it was like a long time ago. It's a long time ago. Like Nobody who was accomplishing things in 1908 is still alive. Yeah. Facts. This is when they were putting babies in boxes and putting them on trains, sending them down the river to, you know. Um. So speaking of you know selling people, uh, <laughs> <laughs> James slavery. <laughs> Let's go to the cash card. No. Um, <laughs> uh, for once, that's not my segue. Um, James James McGill was a fur trader and a slave owner and a landowner. There were yeah. slaves in Canada. Yeah. Oh, for natives. Yeah. Well, but I mean, this guy. This guy was. When did he get here? He moved here in like the early 1700s or maybe the mid 1700s. So prior to founding McGill University, he was like a fur trader and a slave owner and stuff. Yeah, so, but who uh, was he? Who were the slaves? Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna guess like natives and black people. Because the black. How the hell do black people run from America to come to Canada to be free? Well, we might have just like gotten to freedom first. Like they're. You know, like, oh, there might have yeah. been slaves in Canada just for less time than there were in that the U.S., sense. right? That um, makes sense. Yeah. I mean, we had to abolish yeah. that shit because we weren't getting no work done. Wintertime? <laughs> yeah, people outside in the wintertime? <laughs> nah, man. We thrive in the heat. 
We thrive in heat. Yeah, that's a. Uh, oof, I wouldn't get anything done. It no. sucks here. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I'm trying to move. I don't even like getting paid to do things in the wintertime. <laughs> like, listen, you're getting paid to do You know what? Fuck it. I don't, I don't want it. But I don't know. Like, I was thinking, like, I was looking into, like, jobs in the States and stuff like that for stand-up and everything like that. But, like, it's, block's kind of hot. Are there jobs in stand-up? There I mean, can't job, be classified. Like, no, but I mean, like, like writing jobs and stuff uh. like that. But, I mean, the block is hot right now. Like, I, like you guys obviously heard about the mass shootings that happened there already. Mm. Yeah. Crazy. It's, yeah. Crazy. And, yeah. like... Twice within 24 hours. Wait, one in yeah. Dayton and another one in El Paso. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. I was even telling, I, was like, I just don't understand how, like, you don't, especially in El Paso, you don't know what to do. Like, because yeah. you, it's, it's legal to carry any type of weapon there. Mm-hmm. And worst part about it is they sell weapons in that Walmart mm-hmm. in El Paso. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So it's like, think about it. You go to the guns, you go to the gun collection, you go buy an AK-47, you buy some rounds. As soon as you get your receipt, load it up, start shooting up the place. Try it because they won't give you a refund. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> that, that's the problem. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> like, they it's just wild. Need to their refund policy. No, but if they can do, if they need to do something, if they have, like, if this, if there was any sign for them to have to do something, I think this would be it. For yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that, but it's a. Uh, is an American. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Demons. I feel like you would need to literally have Jesus, like, show up and, like, be really clearly They'd try to shoot Jesus, him. And then Jesus be like, please stop with the guns. And then maybe they would start to think about it. I don't, I don't even think that would do it. I don't it. think that would work. Yo, you don't understand, bro. Gun culture is crazy. I think they'd be like, who is this pussy? (laughs) (laughs) This isn't my Jesus. I'm going to put more holes in his hands (laughs) with my gun. But you don't understand, like, this gun culture in the States is huge. It's nuts. Huge. I don't get it. Yeah. I had an ex who, who I went to visit her in Vermont last summer. And I shot a gun, and she's like, "See, it's cool." I'm like, "It's," nah. and that's Vermont. Which yeah. Is like, yeah, 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 I was like, "It's whatever." Yeah. Like, I'm not like, it's not some crazy. Like, it's not as scary as everyone makes a gun shooting gun seems, but it's not right. like some like shit on a Friday night. I can't just wait to get home and go shoot some shit. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I've I've fired guns, and I feel like it's it's not it's not even the most exciting way to like shoot something no like an arrow is so much more that seems cooler yeah you get the whole like you feel it a lot more the fucking you know? accuracy you feel like robin hood yeah it's dope as shit or like a tomahawk axe you throw sure. that shit yeah. yeah that's precision shuriken you know yeah. <laughs> 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 fucking ninja star but no but like i don't know man i just i think there's something needs to be done and it's scary because i have a lot of family in the states and mm. like it's it's and for someone who's trying to get into comedy like Going through the states is necessary, right? In yeah, the like path. decent chance you'll end up yeah. there eventually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To have a career. Well, and also it's bad for comedy because it's sad and it's not easy to make funny. Yeah. So, like, just material-wise, it's not giving anything back to society. It just no. sucks all the way around. Yeah, yeah. you could try to make it funny. Like, good comedians, like, like, good comedians can make things funny, but I think the only way to make it funny is to like literally just poke fun at the fact that how is this still a problem yeah this is the easiest solution ever like you minimize the where you can get like if they sh- i don't think you should be able to go to a place and you can get a revolver mm-hmm. and then groceries in the same place like i don't right. think that's normal like no. that's to me is just i i feel weird enough sense. buying toilet paper at the same place i buy my groceries well that, okay canada's a little right? <laughs> like the fuck <laughs> Quebec is, like, super weird about, like, having very specific stores for very specific items. Yeah. And I'm not super on board with it. Like, when I first moved here, I'm like, okay, like, 
I need hangers and like underwear and like a tampon and um, I don't know a shirt and Most and like yeah. there's like nine different like I have to go to the tamponery if I want to like get one item like where the fuck do I buy a hanger I don't know like it's a specific store for every single item and uh, it's it's not making my life easier. But so. I don't mind that though because you get you make a day out of it. Yeah. Oh my god! I don't want to fucking make a day out then of go it. To the, then lower your standards of hygiene and just go to the dollar store like everybody else. <laughs> That's where I get my deodorant, my three in one soap. You use three in one soap. I use three in one soap, man. It's convenient, bro. We, we're gonna talk about that later. Listen, I, I got wait, some recommendations. I'm not a family man yet, man. <laughs> What's the third thing? Conditioner. Okay. Yeah. Shampoo, Shampoo, conditioner, body wash. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Why do you need to buy three different bottles? Because it feels better. Why? How? It feels the same shit. And, and the thing is, you don't go through it like at the same speed at that rate, right? Why? Like well, because think about it. You get one bottle, 500 millimeters or milliliters, whatever, of three in one. Or you get three bottles of 500 milliliters, one of each thing. Yeah. Those are going to last like as long, if not longer, than the three in one, right? Because you're using them each a smaller amount. For sure, but how much are you paying for those three things? Because I'm paying two fifty for the three and one. <laughs> well, yeah, it's so cheap. <laughs> I mean, you could you could get each of those and individual things at the dollar store too. I could, or I can just lessen my cart, and yeah. I can just buy two bottles of those, and I'm straight for about a month. All right, it's your skin. I'm just saying, what's wrong with it? <laughs> I don't see the problem with rocking with the three and one. Why would they make it if it was bad for you? That's you know what the McDonald's is still a thing. I can't. Yeah, yep. I can't. I can't also, make we just that. talked about guns for like True. five minutes. Why would they make them if they're bad for you? I don't, I don't know, Tom. I think we should go to the cash quarter and see if we can get a key like some money? three That's separate probably. items. Listen, That's probably a good idea. <laughs> this episode is brought to you in part by Chaos. Are you looking to make some high quality branded content without breaking the bank? There we go. I gotta find the flow on this. Chaos makes content marketing easy, affordable, and accessible by offering a studio-on-demand model and various subscription packages that make it easy to create consistent content for your audience and potential customers. Do you want professional sound equipment for podcasts and voiceovers, cinema-grade cameras, lenses, and lighting packages, live stream capability, and event hosting? Whether your business is starting a podcast, building a video empire, or adding live streams to your social media pages, they've got a package that'll help you create consistent, reliable content for your audience. Go to createchaos.com or check them out on Instagram at createchaos to find out more. Chaos in this context is spelled with a K. <laughs> oh, is it me? I, mean, I got this part. Okay, go. Welcome to the Cash Corner, the part of the show where we shamelessly ask you to give us money. Over the next few weeks, we're highlighting all the different perks you can get by signing up to our Patreon. This week, we'd like to tell you about our $15 perk. No one's bought this one in a while, but it's really fun. For 15 bucks, you can send us a photo of yourself, and we'll send you some unique, hand-drawn, probably terrible art inspired by it. Like a bunch of us will hold the pencil at the same time. Maybe we'll add wings or googly eyes or something. I think last time we, like, turned Carlea into a devil. <laughs> Am I right? I might be right about that. It feels right. It might be true. One time we drew a picture of Patrick sitting on his car. That must have been nice. Yeah, it was nice. <laughs> anyway, there's only one way to find out what we'll do to you, and that's by giving us money. Jesus. <laughs> find out what we'll do to you. <laughs> Who's got the next part? Someone's got the next part. Oh, you want me to do it? Yeah, Wh- whoever's got it in red. I got it in, I got it in red. If you pledge as little as a dollar a month as the Patreon doc, uh, at patreon.com slash up for discussion, you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendallin, Carlia, Thomas, George Poppy, Jan, Killian, Sandra, Angelica, 
Will and Andrew. That's two weeks in a row you've called her Sandra. Sarah Angelo, that's what I said. <laughs> Laura and Kate with a C. You'll get, sorry, man. You need Sarah, Sarah. You need to either go with Sarah or Angelica. <laughs> you need to pick one. This because you got me. You got your boy confused. I can read, but this is making me go cross-eyed. I'm sorry. <laughs> You'll get early access to bonus content, like behind-the-scenes updates and all kinds of other sweet perks. As well, time your dick. And if you give at least five dollars a month, you get to submit the featured question for an episode once per cycle on the show. And today's featured Patreon question comes from Andrew, who says, Imposter syndrome is a, so prevalent in our society, especially because fake it till you make it is such a common theme in the corporate world. But what is the difference between telling yourself you can do something and actually believing it? Uh, are we all just lying to ourselves to ignore the feeling of feeling like an outsider? That's a great question. Very good question. And it's funny enough because when, we, when you sent this to me earlier this week, well, last week, uh, I it's it's exactly what we talked about last week. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Because last week we were talking about uh, the fact that like most artists, like when you're in the artist world, they have they had some type of Batman origin. <laughs> to, to, every time I, t- I use that reference, and people laugh. Yeah. <laughs> they had some Batman startup to like how they got into the arts, and then their, their parents died in an alleyway. Something crazy <laughs> <laughs> that led them to ballet. <laughs> that led them to ballet. It's crazy. <laughs> but no, but then I like and me as like an artist. I've been doing this for about two years. I didn't have that. I just mm. I went on stage to prove to somebody that I wasn't uh, that I couldn't do it, and I just mm. ended up being able to do it. And I've just been following it ever since so like and literally like we were discussing uh kate's issues uh with um her mental illness and stuff like that and uh tom was shining and i was there and i was just talking and i wasn't trying to sound like a dick which i don't think again i, I don't came think off you as, did, yeah. yeah but i was just like it's very hard for me to like, like i feel like a fraud sometimes like in the arts because like i'm trying to like relate and stuff like that. right because you, you don't feel the legitimacy uh, legitimacy of yeah. having like some trauma that fuels my art right. yeah History. like I, I remember i was uh at adult improv camp because i'm cool <laughs> Band camp. and um uh there was a night that i you know because that is like i think everybody has that story prepared because everybody's like oh what made you get into comedy and mm. stuff and uh, my version of that question was just like What's your damage? <laughs> What's your problem? How are you broken in a way that you need this kind of validation? <laughs> and everybody has a, an answer for that, like just of not being able to get enough attention. Or right. I mean, these are all very normal things. You don't have to have like the the Batman, but there is something that makes people, I think, um, need like uh, audience validation more than than others, right? Um, but yeah, like I think everybody's like with that question. I found like that people's eyes light up in, in a way that uh, if you just ask people like how'd you get into comedy, they're like oh they're like a little embarrassed about it. But if you just get to the core of it, like how are you broken? Uh, everybody's <laughs> like I will tell you. <laughs> oh, how much time do you got? Cause we'll be here for a while. Take my drink. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel that. I like I guess like my damage right for for like why I got into all this stuff is like because I've been thinking a lot about this, right? Because, like, I'm doing so much of it and I've been realizing, like, this is what I'm trying to make into a career. This is what I'm trying to, like, do. And, like, what, like, motivates me to, like, actually want people to know who I am, right? Because it's kind of scary, right? Like, Being responsible for a child? 
Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> at the, I mean, on a financial level, yeah, like yeah. I, I want to I get paid. But like, uh, in terms of like, why would I choose something where like you're putting yourself in the public eye and you like kind of want to like part of it for me is that I want to have enough of a platform that I can make some kind of difference. But like, you can make a difference in a day job too, right? So yeah. it's, it's like it's not just that. So what's actually like the reason that I specifically want this I kind of thing? I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. No, with what part? The you can make a difference in a day job. Well, it depends on the day job. Like, yeah, but I mean, I mean, ultimately, like a day job is is your. How can you make it different? At the end of the day, no matter what you do, whether it's a day job or you're an entrepreneur, or you're doing something in the arts mm-hmm. on your own. You have to make the initiative to do that. Yeah, right? no, I, I guess what I mean is like I, you don't need to be in the public eye in order true. to make a difference. Yeah, like you could work in a nonprofit. Yeah, you know, okay, like you can yeah, be yeah, 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 yeah. So I feel like you make a difference. All right, yeah, yeah. So, so for me, it's like okay, well, like practically like trying to have a career in entertainment is not the quickest way to make a difference. So like, what's the actual thing like, you know, that, that makes me choose this over something more, you know, practical. And I think what it is really is that like, I don't think that I got enough attention as a kid. Really, but isn't that everybody totally like, yeah. yeah, everybody who's kind of clamoring for attention <laughs> as an adult is like, no, yeah, you can get enough, enough from my parents, like my older yeah. brother more. <laughs> well, that's it. And, and it's sort of, for, so for me, the sort of goal is like, you know, and it's not just attention, but it's community where like I felt alone a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. And like I found places where I've felt like I have community over time. Like, you know, I, I was at church and felt like I had community there, but then that community kind of like screwed me over and right. whatever. And like, I've, you know, I think improv is maybe the closest thing that I've found to the community feeling that you feel at church, like in a sec, in a secular space. Right. Uh, but improv's kind of a cult. So I don't know if you can really call it secular. <laughs> um, cult. It's a little culty. It's pretty culty. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. <laughs> we do ritual sacrifices and, you know, oh, there's no virgins allowed. Not in this kitchen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I think like I have this desire to build community and mm-hmm. to like be part of it and to feel like I like know a lot of people and can like touch a lot of people that right. way, you know? And so that's kind of why I like doing this kind of thing. Cause like when you're putting yourself out there, you're kind of becoming a face for ideas. And when you're becoming a face for ideas, you're inevitably becoming a face for community. Right. And that's sort of like, yeah, that's kind of where that comes from for me. And I think I feel a lot of imposter syndrome sometimes. Cause I just like, am not qualified for anything. <laughs> like, what do you mean? well, like, I mean, I'm qualified in that I have, like, life experience and stuff, but, like, I don't necessarily have any kind of, like, formal training in anything. Like, I, you know, don't have formal training in, you know, radio. I don't have formal training in, like, the tech side of it or the marketing side of it or, like, so I just, you know, surround myself with people who are better at those things than I am. But there's no, like, degree of podcasting. Like, like, this is very much a field. Yeah, I was going to say, you're not in that space, really. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, although it's similar, I don't think radio is any way shape or form the same as podcasting podcasting no. is but it's it's a media it's a True. it's a form of media and i don't have like a communications degree or a journalism degree or a you know broadcasting i don't got a comedy you know, like, degree right well that's it right and and yeah. so like i think imposter syndrome kind of lends itself to like entertainment fields because like most people don't have a degree in, in ent- yeah, entertainment. Yeah, right? no one has a degree in acting, although you can go well, to school t- for tons it. Tons of people have degrees in acting. <laughs> really? That is a degree. Yeah. <laughs> so is comedy. That's what I dropped yeah. out of. Comedy is comedy's a, de- comedy's a degree, too. Like, where, where can you yeah. get a comedy degree? Uh, That's cool. Umber. Cool. Umber College. I went to, hmm. uh, when I was in Toronto, I spent a month and a half there. Hmm. Uh, they used to have a showcase for the Umber College students. They're horrible. <laughs> They're horrible. It sounds like a terrible degree. Oh, they're horrible. Like, no, and there was one kid, his name was uh, Gerard Allen. 
shout out to him. He was a phenomenal comedian from uh, from the Caribbean Islands. Amazing mm-hmm. comedian. Um, he was me and him were having a conversation. He was like, I'm in a crossroads between like wanting to be able to go out on the grind like you're doing, but like I'm like six months away from finishing my degree. So like, what do I do? <laughs> so and even then, like you go around those type of people, it's like shit. Like I like again imposter syndrome. Like I'm out here just like getting up on stage because I think I'm funny and these people are actually trying to get a degree but like they're writing essays about it and you get up and you see them like I don't feel like an imposter more they're poop right yeah no I I've been at uh, life a long time and I (laughs) (laughs) I've been doing this whole life thing for a little bit of a while I've been doing it a while and uh, I I think we've actually talked about imposter syndrome a bit in the past and Mm. I, I just this is my condensed opinion on it is that if you think you're an imposter, you're probably doing much better than you think you are because hmm. uh, you, you're point. holding yourself to a really high level. The moment you start to think that you are better than everyone else, shoot yourself in the face because you're an <laughs> asshole. This is awkward. I'm going to put that on a pillow. I'm going to stitch it in. Why? cross stitch it. I'm going to sell them on Etsy. <laughs> Why? What's wrong with thinking? What's, what's wrong with thinking? If you, what if you are? So I think... I think my stance on that is actually similar but less harsh. And, <laughs> and, and here's what I mean by that. I think if you start to think you're the best at what you're doing, you need to intentionally seek out people who are better, better than you yeah, so okay. that you can spend time with them. That's it. Right? Because that's the only way you can elevate. That's it. It's the Dunning-Kruger effect. Like, if you think uh, you know everything, uh, that means there's, like, a vast amount of information that you don't know. Mm. So it, it's a fallacy that a lot of us fall into but the second that you think that there's nothing that you can learn from everybody else is the moment that you stop learning things and you stop mm-hmm. becoming better at yeah stuff, that right? that i'll agree with but i mean that's I why you should shoot yourself in the face I because mean, <laughs> if you yourself. can't learn things you don't deserve to be <laughs> no, alive but, but i don't think but like what if you what if you are better than people in your area or then you gotta people. move to a new area and no but like, no but the people. hope but the point is like you're saying shoot yourself in the face no is it wrong i think technology? you can say you can you can say that oh i'm doing better than this person and in fact i think that's a, a real moment in which you realize like i have progressed so much yeah yeah because there's there's now like a middling level in which right. i can look at that stuff and like i've improved beyond this hmm. But the moment that you start to say, I'm the best in the universe, like I, okay, there's no one else on earth that I can learn things from, your pond is too small. Because no, I guarantee yeah. you there's somebody better than you. Oh, facts. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, for example, for comedy, like, I'm, if you were to ask me, are you Akeem, are you one of the top comics in the city? I would say, fucking right. right. Do bears shit in the woods? <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn right they shit in the woods. Goddamn right I'm one of Bears actually city. find highways every time. <laughs> <laughs> they pick up and just throw that fucking car. But no, but I, I mean, I don't think it's wrong. I was actually having this conversation on the way here. It's like, I don't think it's wrong to acknowledge your skill level, even if your mm-hmm. skill level is higher. Even if that means oh, having I to say you're that. better than that. Mm-hmm. I agree with better that. Better than most people. Yeah. I shoot myself in the face because I think I'm nice. I'm nice. I'm nice. <laughs> shoot you in the face because you're not as dumpling. But uh But if you start to like walk around yeah. cock of the walk like everybody around me is shit and I'm the best, so I'm done. Like that's that's, yeah. that's the moment you if stop. If you being. coast. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't constantly like seek out people to elevate you or to push you to be better, then you're just a piece of shit. Then I would say, go play in traffic. Yeah. But other than that, like I mean like constantly look to elevate, but it's if you stay here, like, for example, like, I want to leave. I, I want to leave because I feel like Montreal has done what it's had, what it was necessary for me to do mm-hmm. to make me the comic and the entertainer that I am today. Right. In order to elevate, I need to leave to go to where 
I feel like yeah. other people are, you know what I mean? Yeah. On my wavelength, at least. Yeah. Yeah. But um, that makes sense. I never would ever go and say that I'm I'm the best comedian in the world. Yeah. Mm. But like, I actually feel like a danger of like, I feel like I'm good at my job, you know? And, and there are moments that I'm like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> just cause like I'm good in yeah. this little <laughs> circle means like, I, I'm good at these things, but there's a whole host of things that yeah. I am shit at. And there's right. so much more that I have to yeah. learn. Just because I feel competent in this one space doesn't mean that I'm, like, done baking. No. Then I'm just going to stay here for the rest of my life. It's just going to be the moment where I, like, <laughs> one homecoming king and, and, and through the big pass at the big game. And then the rest of my life just kind of deteriorates downhill into balding and owning a car dealership and and reliving that one moment, moment over and over and over <laughs> of glory so where sad. you keep going high school was the best so time sad. of my life <laughs> so sad so so sad yeah i think there's also something really valuable about like even if you feel like you're at the top or near the top you you need to still feel like you can learn something from the people you think aren't as good as you, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Where it's like it's not just surrounding yourself with people who are better so you can kind of learn from them and rise to their level, but it's keeping an eye out on the people who you think aren't as good as you, one, to see their potential and, like, notice things where you're like, oh, okay, cool, like, like try this, you know, because yeah. like, you can help them and that community is important, right? Yeah, of course. And two, because, like, sometimes they'll do something that you won't have thought of yeah. and you'll be like, oh, shit. I mean, I, like generally I think I'm better at this than you are but that thing you did just now was brilliant it was brilliant phenomenal yeah, yeah. you'd always find that uh, that hidden gem mm-hmm. in the, and things like that but yeah. um, I mean in regards to the imposter syndrome I mean I feel like that's that applies to everything oh like, yeah if you just like I mean if you surround yourself with people who are just absolutely crushing it and that <laughs> insecurity comes into play like you'll be like okay the fuck am I doing here right yeah. like I felt that when I first started doing comedy mm-hmm. right like and it was only like I'd say month nine where I was like, oh, I can right. do this. Right. But I think that's a little bit the danger of, of being in isolation. So it's mm, a really true. good thing to be like around people that are, are really excellent because mm. you're learning from them. But if you're like, you know, doing your podcasting in your own you know space in your own room and you're not meeting other people that do it, mm. you might not realize that you're doing so much better than like 90% of the yeah, people around me. Right. Like um, I've been a designer for a long time and there's a lot of times where I'm like, I'm a pretty shitty designer. And then like I sit down and look at portfolios and stuff and I'm like, oh no, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. You know, like yeah. uh, I'm interviewing people and like I'm, Okay, yeah, like I see like I've I've actually progressed in a way that I hadn't really like I mm. still think of myself as the twenty year old who just got out of school as opposed to somebody who's been doing it a long time. Right. You've been doing life a while. I've been doing yeah. life a while. And I realized that like because like one of the things I uh, digital marketing I was like a marketing director and uh, in an agency and I was like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing I'm a designer I do dumb pixels <laughs> like I do pictures what, I, what the fuck is all this stuff and so um, when I left there I was like I really don't understand digital marketing uh, as well as I, I think I could like I shouldn't be managing people who are doing this because I don't know hmm. and then I, I went off and I had, uh, joined like an ad tech company and I started doing like like running um, online campaigns and stuff. And then I realized that all these people who have like a, a substantial amount of expertise didn't really know a lot of things that were new to me. Right. Mm. Like I had a better handle on it than I thought I did. Right. Uh, just because there was no one around me to, to compare or know if I was doing mm. a good job at it or not. Right. 
but uh, to kind of be around, you're like, oh shit, everybody's lying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the isolation was kind of like a double-edged sword. It allowed yeah. you to be able to know that, okay, well, I know stuff. But then on the other token, you're around people who, I mean, I guess on paper would know more than you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of give you inse- the insecurity of like, shit, what am I doing managing these people? Well, yeah, like, I just didn't know if being self-taught was enough. Right. And when I saw people who had, like, legitimately been through the training, I realized that I wasn't really that far off of Mm -hmm. uh, what, like, people know. Like, what the the general pool of knowledge for that sort of thing was. Uh, And it it turned out I knew a lot more than I thought I did. That's wild. That's, like, that's a thing that I had a realization about a while ago when um, someone asked me, well, actually, Kate, um, who couldn't make it tonight. Um, shout out to Kate. Yeah. So, I called her Jade last episode. <laughs> shout out to Kate. So like Kate and Paul were, um, were about to launch their own podcast and they were asking for some tips. And rather than type out what I had always typed out um, just to them, I was like, give me a minute actually. And I sat down and I typed out like a whole document of like, these are all the things that I think are essential for you to know if you're about to launch a podcast. Right. right? And like, since then I've been able to you know update that once in a while with like new things and like anytime someone reaches out to me asking like you know hey I want to start a podcast any advice I'm like well let me know if you have specific questions because like don't just say any advice that's fucking annoying Um, (laughs) but like in terms of any advice yes I do have advice here's a whole document of like everything I think you need to like figure out before you launch and like doing that after doing this I think I made that like two or three years ago now that was like weird because I did it and then immediately felt so much imposter syndrome until I started talking to people who also were doing this for like similar amounts of time to me or longer and they were like oh I didn't like notice this or this or like you know talking to them and realizing like oh (laughs) I know what I'm doing and you don't yeah and like that was huge for there was a big confidence boost where I was like okay like I feel like you know you're bringing value to somebody yeah well and also like it's it's like what you were saying where like you you know I was entirely self-taught and so in my mind it was like well like you know surely there's people who like know this stuff better than me because they've studied it or whatever right and like yeah, they don't always right mm-hmm. or, like, it's so it's so funny how we're as a society we're sold inside on this idea of like because somebody went to school for something they automatically know it, like it better like I didn't like I dropped out of high school and I dropped out of CJP mm-hmm. ah high school I didn't drop out of high school I dropped out of CJP and I dropped out of university right, right? and okay. it's like I go my life just by the like, kind of like experience and I remember at my mm-hmm. first job outside out once I left college was a sales company and my boss was trying to convince me to go back to university and get a degree and I was like why would I get a degree in the jo- in a field where right after getting that degree, I'll end up getting a job exactly like the one I'm in right now. Right. right. You're not getting any further. I'm not, like, it's not, like, so it's like, and I guess for that point, I didn't have, I didn't feel like an imposter or anything like that. But there are some people that, like, you're really sold as an idea of, like, go to high school, go to, uni- go to CJ, go to university, do this, 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 study it or else you'll never get in. And right. it, it's not even just based <laughs> off of, like, like, education. Like, employers do that too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a requirement now for some places where you have to have a minimum level of, of education right. before they even st- before they even step foot in the door, mm-hmm. and you might not even be good at that. You could have cheated your entire way right. through mm-hmm. things. So like I just, oh, it's so nuts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely, and I think, uh, like education, especially like being a designer, there's everybody's got some nephew that fucking downloaded <laughs> Photoshop that thinks I can do Adobe. your job. 
And, uh, you know, like, and I went to school for it and I have a background in art history and composition and and typography and all of these things that, like, I I understand how these things are important and have an interplay. Like, I have that training and I don't want to say that it's useless, but there are definitely people who did not have any of that that are great at it. Right. Um, but I, I think it's that Dunning-Kruger effect. It's like if you go out in the world and say, I have Photoshop, I can do this. This mm-hmm. is easy. Uh, and you go out in the world thinking that you're a professional at that level. You don't know what you don't know. Right. And you're going out like an asshole in the night. Whereas like at least when you had the, the broad education, you have a, a depth of the knowledge that you don't mm-hmm. have. Yeah, that's it. So, so I guess Andrew to kind of like answer your question yeah we are all lying to ourselves and the best way to not lie to yourself is to be open to the idea that like you're not the best at yeah but just oh i don't like the term fake it till you make it like i don't either yeah i hate it just like acknowledge the fact that you don't know because Mm -hmm. you'd be surprised in the amount of like shit you'll miss out on by like like think about it like imagine you like imagine if they didn't ask for your help Right. For, to start a podcast and they're just like oh we'll just figure it out mm-hmm. like all those like robots and headaches that they could have avoided just by sending a quick message hey Tom like what's going on I mm-hmm. need some help on this thing right don't fake shit if you yeah. don't have if you have a problem and you need help ask for help mm-hmm. um, nobody's above asking for help that's it you know I, I think this is almost even the president has an advisor <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, oh god if he would listen to him um, but like <laughs> true <laughs> Um, I think this is a misguided way of saying, like, don't be insecure about what you don't know. Like, have mm-hmm. confidence even if you don't, um, you know, like, if you don't feel like you're completely competent in what mm-hmm. you're doing. Because nobody wants to sit there and listen to you, like, hedge and your anxiety about, like, I'm so sorry. I don't know what I'm doing, and I, I really need your help, and I, I've been trying to do these, like, right. blah, blah, blah. Like, instead of just saying, like, yo, like, I've been, uh, I I want to do this thing. Like, uh, w- what advice do you have for me? Right. You know, like, to at least go up with uh, some confidence about like it's okay to not some, know things yeah uh, but nobody wants to sit there like especially like a boss in a job like doesn't want to be your mom and make you feel better about mm. like what you feel <laughs> like you don't know right and and there's also like something really freeing about being able to say i'm not sure but i'll look into that yeah like if someone asks you about something and you don't have the answer right away because you genuinely don't know takes the pressure right off yeah mm-hmm. you can just say like huh Actually, good question. Yeah. Let's figure that let's out together. Let's, yeah, let's even. look at that up because yeah. then you could either be wrong. Like it's not. Oh, it's not. It's not problematic if you're wrong. Right. Because as soon as somebody, as soon as you act like you know something, up oh, calling you out. That's what it. Is it? Yeah. Actually, and I think what you said when you were like writing out that document, I found that the the moment that you realize like like that you get better at something is when you try to teach somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was a dance instructor for a long time and then people would be like, how, how do you do that stuff? Can you like break that down? And then you have to stop and go like, oh, I just, it's muscle memory. Like I have to actually stop, slow down, figure it out. What What is it that's happening? Okay. And then you start to like be able to break it down and explain mm-hmm. it and you have a better understanding of what you're doing. Um, and then you start to kind of like create weird metaphors to, you know, like I always told people like, so when you partner dance, like you got to be like a Barbie, like your, your arms don't bend at the elbow. They only go like, they only hinge at the shoulders. <laughs> is that what Kevin Nance is that? That's a, I taught uh, Lindy Hop and swing walk. dancing. Oh, really? Yeah. Sick. 
Yeah, and but like you're also like a Barbie on roller skates. So like they push you back <laughs> and the arms, your whole body like rolls back. Mm. And like so you got a visualization that you're like, okay, I, I kinda get right. what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> But yeah, like it's stuff you don't think about if you're not thinking about it. Cool. Cool. <laughs> do we have time to go to Reddit? We do have time to go to Reddit. We have uh, it's my favorite segment. We have an incredible Am I the asshole lined up for this one that uh, actually Teffer sent in to me um, or showed me on her phone and I said, hey, send me the link to that because that's gold. Um, so this is from a few days ago, or a little over a week ago at the time of release uh, from Reddit user Walter underscore N who asks, am I the asshole for shitting myself at my brother's wedding? All right. Strap in, guys. It's a good one. Okay. Wait, what? <laughs> You'll see. My brother proposed to his girlfriend of a few years last year. The wedding was like two weeks ago. The ceremony was held on the beach. We planned to move to a hall just up the road we had booked for the reception afterwards. Before the ceremony formally started, I felt rather unwell and had cramps in my stomach. And this is when I realized I needed to shit. Not a big deal. I can hold my shit in. After about a minute, these cramps... After about a minute of these cramps, I was in a fair bit of pain, and both my dad and my girlfriend, who I was sitting next to, advised me to just go to the toilet, as there were still a few minutes until we started the ceremony, and my brother would wait for me anyway. I didn't want to go into one of the public toilets on the beach because they're normally filthy. I would oh. rather just wait until the ceremony ended, then drive back to my place, which was about a five-minute drive. Oh, come on. And then head to the reception <laughs> hall. It was obvious that I was in genuine pain and discomfort, and they kept telling me to just use the public bathroom, and I really fucking wish I had. The ceremony started, and less than 10 seconds after the officiant started speaking, I had a huge fart I needed to let out. Um. You know when you try to let a lot of gas out gradually and silently? That worked for a second, and then I convulsed from my stomach pain and violently shat myself. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> everyone within a couple of meters heard it and smelled it, and after a few seconds, everyone knew what had just happened. I was gagging and sprinting towards the toilet, trying not to vomit from the thought of what I had just done. I took off all my clothes and tried my best to clean myself and just sat in the cubicle and cried for a few minutes. I had no idea what to do. My girlfriend drove me home, and I had a shower and got some new clothes on. It had been 30 minutes now, and they still hadn't started the wedding. My, me and my brother have a really good relationship, and he wasn't passing any judgment and just refused to start without me there. As soon as I was back, uh, I sat back down, and no one looked at me, and they just pretended it didn't happen. The ceremony went well from that part onward, and then we went to the reception. His now wife and her parents were giving me dirty looks, and I just went home straight away and cried some more. Later that night, I received a bunch of angry texts from his wife and her parents, and also my own father, telling me I had completely ruined the wedding, that I was disgusting, and I should have gone to the bathroom beforehand. My brother's wife is constantly upset that her wedding will forever be remembered as that wedding where my brother-in-law shit his fucking pants, and she hates me for it. <laughs> I have not shit my pants before. This is not a common thing for me to do. So no, I did not expect that stomach cramps meant I was going to shit myself. I should have gone to the toilet beforehand, but I didn't want to hold up the ceremony. Am I the asshole? I kind of feel like everybody got... He's the victim! Got... <laughs> He's feel... the victim! I think everybody got justly punished for their own foibles. <laughs> like, yes, he should have just like gotten over, like recognized there was a problem. I don't know if it was because too much drinking or whatever, but he was ill. That's mm -hmm. fine. It seems, but like that family, just no love or mercy at all. Yeah, I think the moral of this story she is she deserved to have her wedding ruined. <laughs> like, 
loosen up. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> I think the moral of the story is that if the salmon smells funny, stay away. Mm. But no, but like he's not. A, he's the victim. Yeah. He was there trying to be there for his brother. They're starting in a few minutes, and I get it. Everyone's mm-hmm. been in a porta potty. They know exactly what those porta potties look like. They are unsanitary. They don't get changed often, and there's no hand sanitizer. No. And there's barely any toilet paper. I get it. Now the reception, he should have used the bathroom at the, at the in the church. That's just me. But he didn't want to blow his asshole. We didn't know what type of plumbing there was in the building. <laughs> he was trying to do what's best for all parties, and it yeah. just didn't work out in his favor. We've all been there. I don't know if it's ended up in such a big of a mess, <laughs> but we've all been there in a position mm-hmm. where we thought we were doing what was best for everyone, part all parties involved, and it didn't work. It yeah. blew up in our faces, not our assholes. <laughs> He right. made a bad call. That's it. That's yeah. all it was. That's I think his, his sister-in-law is very, very inconsiderate. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think it was. But, like, how, wait, what was this shit? Was this shit, like, leaking down his leg? I, so. These are, the, these are life gonna, questions that we need to know. I'm going to overshare a little bit here. Uh, I'm a person who has uh, probably undiagnosed IBS. I just haven't gone I'm to a too. doctor yet. I've yeah. been shitting. I shit every day. Yeah. Day. Oh, I um, an hour and a half before you guys got here was on my fifth shit of the day. <laughs> fifth shit of the afternoon, even. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a hard day. That's why I'm drinking Gatorade during this recording <laughs> to rehydrate. Um, and I, in my experience, uh, and I, you know, the I think... I think um, problems with shitting is the one area of my life where I never have imposter syndrome. Um, <laughs> speaking as an expert in the Season field with vet. over 10,000 hours of personal experience. <laughs> Do you tally? Do you count? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I bill for it. Um, I uh, I got to say, when I have urgent shits uh, that like can't be held in, they're seldom solid. Ew. It's it's always like, it's like liquid. Okay. It's always liquid. Yeah. That's I'm a, so like if this dude shat himself at the wedding because he couldn't liquid? hold it in, it's got to have been right. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing it. So seeping down his leg must have been. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That's it. A wet scenario. Yeah. Ooh. But like, <laughs> that's the episode title. Wet scenario. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but like, he clearly, if he has any fault in it, he has had punishment. Enough. Beyond the crime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Enough. Why are the why is the parents of the bride hitting her up? That's yeah. awful. That's horrific. Yeah. What is the of you? What is it of yours? <laughs> Although there could be a because this is a Reddit weirdo. There might be a fair amount of the story that we're not getting. Facts. I'd believe he, that. He could have spent the entirety of the night before, like, butt-chugging vodka in a way that no one wanted to talk yeah, about. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. But, I still think, I don't think he's an asshole for it. No, well. <laughs> I think he's stupid. Yeah. I, I yeah. assume, regardless, he's definitely been punished enough. Enough. 100%. He caught his L. Yeah. Because even when he gets married. Yeah. Oh, they're gonna bring it up. You got your yeah. depends. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's gonna poison her, like the sister-in-law. And, oh like, man, she's gonna Don't... shit herself at hey, the next the, wedding. What's the dude's name? Uh, I, uh, the red. What's the Reddit username? Walter, Walter underscore Walter. N. Yeah, that's it. Walter underscore N. If this podcast ever gets to you, <laughs> ever, you should put the link in those things to say that we used his thing as the I, asshole. Yeah, that's true. But either way, that's if it true. ever gets to you, do not. I repeat, do not 
invite your sister-in-law to your wedding. Pray that your fam- pray that your brother and sister-in-law get a divorce before that, <laughs> or they're on a trial separation because she will poison. She will put fucking eye drops in the soda or whatever. She will set you up for failure. I'd believe that. Honestly. Oh, hundred, yeah, yeah, hundred. It's like I think if they like. I think if by the time that came around, the sister-in-law had gotten over it and no. decided it was funny, she no. wouldn't do it. No. But it no. sounds like she's not going to get over there's it. There's no, no way that she'd get over it. That's her wedding day. You know, yeah. listen, there's two things that I know for a fact. I got five sisters. There's Careful. two things that I know <laughs> that women will never, ever forget, right? Uh, I was going to say prom. It's not prom. Their children's born, like their birth. Sure. Because I get constantly reminded about how many hours my mom put had late was I was in labor with me, and their wedding day. Do you still remember day. your wedding day, Adrian? Well, I mean, I do. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's an I don't day. know if, if somebody had shat themselves, I, I wouldn't be mad. But it's an important day. <laughs> I also had like an egg McMuffin that morning, and See? like she remembers what she had for breakfast. That's a lot of details. Yeah, but no. you wouldn't necessarily hold a grudge. No, but like I also remember the day I had a root canal. But like, <laughs> so do I, because you recorded a podcast a week later. The, oh no, that was my second root canal. Yeah. I remember both. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of days I remember. But I'm just I saying, a lot of root canals. But that's but that's a that's an important day. Yeah. In but women's I, history, don't you guys like in anyone's history? Really? No, I I don't think I did. Actually, I think my my husband was more of a groomzilla than I was like oh, difficult bridezilla. Yeah, I, I really was like, chill the fuck out. It's going to be fine. You know, like, it's it's a big party. It should be fun. And everybody needs to, like, calm down. Mm-hmm. Um, Smoke some weed. Yeah. It, it wasn't in my repertoire at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, oh, man, weed not being in your repertoire at the time is maybe my biggest regret in life. <laughs> There's so many times in my life that I look back on and I'm like, weed would have made that better. <laughs> If you guys would have smoked, you might have been constipated. That's what happens when you have too much fiber. <laughs> too many brand muffins. Oh, man. So yeah, I don't think this guy's an asshole. Not at all. But I do think he fucked up. And, and yeah. I think he definitely needs to like apologize to them and be like, I'm really sorry that this happened. But I think I he did. And he wept about it. But also it's there might be L. Listen, it's like first of all, the embarrassment happened to him. Yeah. yeah. It's not like she had shit all over. Like, yeah. He ended up getting shit all over her. Right. And mm-hmm. she ended up looking like, like an idiot. That's it. No. Like, it it all happened. in the wedding even. It, everything oh. happened to him. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, if we take this on face. Her dress wasn't ruined. Like. Yeah. If we take this at face value, totally clear. But yeah. like, I don't know that he didn't like try to take his pants off in the front of the church or on the beach in front of everybody. Like there may be some missing elements. I pray to God that it wasn't the case. Yeah. I don't trust internet people to tell the whole story. <laughs> oh, Reddit people are the most trustworthy people in the world. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to the end of our show. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. Oh man. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> thank you guys. <laughs> and thank you for listening. If you like this episode, consider supporting us on Patreon. Uh it helps a lot. We just had a patron who had to leave because they uh their financial situation changed significantly. Oh, replace Come that. back as soon as you can. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for your, your patronage. <laughs> yeah. And uh somebody step up to the plate. That's it. That's it. And you know, we we appreciate people who can stay for long times and also people who can stay for short times. I've had a handful of patrons who've pledged for a month and then disappeared and you know, that month makes a difference. So, we love you regardless. Yeah. But 
So shout out to that patron who I'm not going to call out by name because I, I feel weird about that. But oh, they know we'll who know. they are. Oh, well, we'll know when we come through the, re- the new list next week. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> It'll, It'll be the name that is missing. <laughs> I, read these, I read these every single week. I'm like, oh, yeah, name missing. It was Sandra. <laughs> Sarah Angelica, I'm serious. Y'all need, you need to pick one because I keep fucking it up. Just go with one. It's her right to hyphenate. Yeah. I understand, but God damn, it's just... <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, so uh, if you are listening and you like this and you've got a couple bucks to spare or tons of bucks to spare, I don't know what your financial situation is like. Yeah, think about helping us out. We also have merch, so you can click the merch link in the description to get all sorts of great stuff from our lovely friends over at Public, like a sticker or a mug. Um, And uh, also a handful of people are getting signed posters in the mail in the next like month or two, which is fun. Are we all have to sign them? Yeah, yeah, I'll get you guys to sign them after. Oh, okay, uh, I was going to say, I didn't sign no poster. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I found one that you had signed. Oh. Because these are posters I printed up like a year and a half ago and uh, never got around to getting everyone to sign them. Yeah, well done me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At least I, I think it's got... your signature. It looks like your name. All right. Yeah. Anyway. I just got here. Yeah. That's all I got it. Yeah, so we'll we'll sign a bunch of things. People are going to get some posters. Uh, If you want to potentially win a signed poster, follow us on Instagram because that's where I made a contest for that. (laughs) You know, you could do that. You can also support us for free by leaving a rating and review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts and by sharing this episode with a friend who um, shat themselves at a bad time Mm. or uh, maybe someone who needs a pep talk about, like, you know, imposter syndrome or, you know, feels like they're not qualified for the job they have or whatever sure yeah you can follow us on the socials at down with talking and each of us individually i'm at tom salatni at boxless thoughts i'm at king grams with a z did anyone have anything to plug bearing in mind this comes out august 13th oh uh no (laughs) i do have a show but it's not going to be it'll be before that oh uh i got a show uh funny with ethnicity it's a bilingual comedy show hosted by uh, my guy rpw um, pull up. There's a lot of great comics there. Uh, people like Renzo Dashton, Joshua Clark, John Michelle, Hassan, Mabuba, myself, and the wonderful Abba Alice pulling up to do the show. Uh, you can go on my social and you see it. It's at Bootleg- Bar Bootlegger on St. Laurent Street Boulevard. Come through. Pull up. It'll be a great one. It'll be a hoot. Sweet. And a holler. Yeah, uh-huh. That's on the 23rd of uh, August. I believe it's a Saturday. Awesome. Excellent. You know Pull how much up. money I have to pay to see Akeem for an hour every week? It's more than ten dollars. <laughs> I know. So well, also, you can just shoot, you can just shoot me a text that you want to hang out. We cool. That's true. We, but I don't do food. diapers. You don't do diapers? No, I don't do diapers. Not even at weddings. <laughs> well, if I go to a wedding where I need diapers, it's gonna be on Instagram. <laughs> Quick, trust me. If I ever get married, I want you to wear a diaper to my wedding. I'm not wearing no damn diaper. I'm planning on shooting myself. Then you're not invited to my hypothetical wedding. <laughs> well. Maybe I'll be so blessed to go to Tom's diaper fetish wedding. Right, yes. where you have to shit yourself as a prerequisite to get through the door. You either bring a cash gift or you wear a diaper and shit yourself during the ceremony. Oof. <laughs> That's tempting. <laughs> Low key. Oof. Diapers are cheaper. Uh, oh, man. Oh, man. I'm going to shift the tone here just for kicks. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to read this out in a voice of a. A uh, non-specific corporate mouse. <laughs> so they don't sue me. Uh, special thanks to Crackers and Jam for letting us use the title track off their EP Benson <laughs> as our theme music. You can find all their great music for sale at crackersandjam.bandcamp.com. Pluto will be waiting. It's a different one than you're thinking of. It's a uh, not 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 a part of a large corporation. It's the planet. Uh-huh.
This show is produced and edited by Tom Zalat and I for the Upford Network. You can find out about all our great shows at UpfordNetwork.com. See you next time. Love y'all. Yes, come to see you. I say now, Benson, Benson, Joe. Benson, 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 Hi, I'm Tefera Jemian, one of the hosts of Yeah, a podcast on the Upford Network. We are talking about young adult literature, reviewing new releases, revisiting old classics, and exploring what the YA genre can teach us at any age. Join me and my co-host, Hannah Bailey, as we talk about friendships, dating, family relationships, sexuality, experiences of queerness, body politics, and more through the lens of our favorite YA novels, as well as books we're just discovering. The Yeah Podcast, available through the Upford Network and on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and wherever else you find your podcasts. This is our book club, and you're invited. On September 16, 1993, NBC aired the first ever episode of Frasier, a spin-off series about psychiatrist Dr. Frasier Crane, the much-loved Seattle shrink from Cheers. Ten days earlier, a baby was born. A baby who, we'd come to learn, was destined to have someone pay him $264 to watch through every episode of Frasier with different special guests, unpacking the deeper themes behind each episode. That baby is me, Tom Zalatnai, and this is a terrible, terrible idea. Tune in to They're Calling Again, right here on the Upford Network.